This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live again. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Emily Liedem. And we're grateful to have you with us. Before we head into our next segment, coming up here in just a few minutes with our bishop here in Sioux Falls, Bishop Alan Grood. If you did get a chance to listen or to watch this morning at the top of the hour, 9 o'clock central, um, we started Real Presence Live today with the broadcast of the daily mass celebrated by Bishop DeGrood, uh, the bishop here in, in Sioux Falls, live on the radio via Facebook Live and YouTube. We do this every weekday. It's just an opportunity for you to pray with the Mass with one of our local priests or bishops. You'll also be able to watch this morning's Mass on the Facebook and YouTube pages now at any point. So Emily, um, I'm guessing for you and like for me, for many of us, probably the first time that we were able to celebrate Mass um, in quite some time. The gift of tears, my friend. You know, I was talking to a friend recently and she just brought something to my attention. I thought that was so beautiful. Um, she was having a discussion with someone that said, well, if we can't be there, why bother? Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Just this, this real sense of if we can't actually receive Jesus, why, why stream it? Why listen to it? Whatever. And, and my friend, I think just articulated so beautifully two things. Number one, uh, the gift of the liturgy of the word and the gift of the, just the cadence of the prayers of the mass, the rhythm of the mass that I think even audibly or visually, perhaps if you were able to stream it, um, there's a a real grace to that, that I think uh, instills some peace in the hearts of the faithful, that instills some calm in the hearts of the faithful. But the other thing that she articulated, and I just hadn't even thought about it in this way, was the communion of saints. The communion of saints that participates in the mass. When we when we enter into the mass, you know, if we could, if I think if we could really see, put on our spiritual glasses, we would see the heavens opened up yep. and the angels participating with us. And wherever we find ourselves, listening from our car or from our desk at home, or live streaming it on social media or on the website, um, I think we, if we allow ourselves to, can open our eyes and see the heavens opening up the communion of saints participating with us. Amen. Amen. And I, I, I want to go back to something you said, nourished, I don't know how you put it, but but the, the reality of the word. Um, the church has always taught, Vatican II was very clear, that we're nourished at mass by the word. The word in the scriptures and the word in the sacrament. So Jesus Christ is the word of God, um, and we receive him in both parts when we when we participate fully at Mass. Right now, most of us, most of the time, um, including you and I, are unable to, to participate in Mass in person, and yet we, so we can't receive him in sacrament, but we can still receive him in word. And I've been really struck, um, the, the, I don't know about if you, Emily, but for me, the, the Mass readings this Lent it's it's like they were written. It's like they were they for knew. the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in 1968, yes. when the lectionary was revised, or Vatican II, we're going to prepare for this pandemic coming in 2020. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're so they speak so much to the reality of the situation that we find ourselves. Yeah, in. yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you think? Well, do you? Th- uh, I, I'm curious because I think that some people might say, "Oh, coincidence." I just don't think that's how the church works. So I would love to know. So I think your perspective, I, I, so there's, I I just recorded a little video the other day on the reality of divine providence. Yeah. That everything that happens, I mean, 
how we're sitting right here in this little makeshift recording studio, nothing happens by accident. Mm -hmm. That everything that happens is part of God's plan. So I've I've already, as many people have commented, been struck by the fact that we're experiencing um, the, the, the pain and the suffering of this pandemic for some people in a very real way during the season of Lent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of that. I think that as God's providence, I also think there's the reality that um, the readings for this particular Lent is the, the readings always call to mind our mortality, the reality of pain and suffering. And I think that's very much the case. Um, in this particular time because of God's providence. I think going forward, we're going to see other ways where it applies to us, but I think in a particular way, it speaks to us this Lent. Yes, yeah, I completely agree. And it it was such a gift this morning to have Mass with Bishop DeGrood and the great honor that it was to participate in that and the readings today, I think in particular, if you were not able to catch that Mass, you can absolutely go back and watch it on uh, Real Presence. Uh, It's on YouTube each day. Um, and on Facebook as well. So if you missed the the Mass readings this morning, if you missed the Mass, you're more than welcome to go back and catch it at another time. But Bishop Donald DeGroote has also joined us for a bit this morning. Bishop, Bishop, welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you. It's a privilege to be with you. How are you? You know what? The grace of God has been amazing through this crazy time, uh, especially with all the you know, COVID stuff going on and the many challenges and decisions that have had to be made. Um, God's grace has been amazing. Um, but of course, there's tremendous hardship. And as a bishop, you carry that as well, you know, having to make decisions about suspending mass, for example, uh, and wanting to be out with the people and getting to meet the people, especially being the new bishop. So God's plans were a little different than what I had, <laughs> but that's the best way always, of course. Yeah, Amen. yeah we were just talking about divine providence ah, and yes. how so often God's ways are different their own ways. Could you ever have imagined two months ago even, I mean, prior to your ordination, this is how the first month and a half of your episcopacy would go? No, no, this was not on my radar at all. Uh, not unlike what God has surprised me at other times of my life, and perhaps many of us can relate to that as well, that all of a sudden, wow, this was like a whole different thing. Uh, but what I do find is it is a great opportunity spiritually to say, okay, well, God's got a different plan here. How disposed am I to that? How much can I just surrender to the circumstances that I'm in mm-hmm. and let God bring beautiful things out of it? Mm-hmm. One bishop at, at mass this morning with the gospel and the, the thing that struck me, um, Jesus, our Lord said, I do nothing on my own, but I say only what the Father taught me. Uh, yes. and, and, and what struck me about that is, I think one of the themes for me is in this, my lack of control, our lack of control. And yet Jesus is this model of, I say nothing but what the Father asks me to say. And he, and he goes on, and he's always with me. The one who sent me is always with me. And just those words today, your homily this morning, what you were just saying now, um, this is an opportunity for me, for us, to simply entrust ourselves more fully to the Lord. Uh, it is, you know, and as you say that, you're reminding me, of course, as we're uh, heading into Palm uh, Sunday here very soon, and then, of course, Holy Week, you know, those words of Jesus in the uh, Garden of Gethsemane, uh, where he's asking the Father for something, but he finishes, not my will, your will be done. So even Jesus, because of the agony, the suffering, the trial he was put under, I think that's a great disposition for us to have. We turn to the Father, we ask for things like, Lord, please, if possible, <laughs> help us, you know, uh, through this uh, great time of testing with the coronavirus. But so much more than that, let your will be done in and through us in the way you desire and help us to embrace that like Jesus did, which meant suffering. Right. 
But we also know the fruits of that suffering. And that's right. really my hope through this time personally. Mm -hmm. And I invite all of our listeners and um, all of us to just take to heart, what's the good the Lord can bring out of this? And I can see it already in my own life, some of the good that he's, he's bringing about. Not my will, Lord, but your will, your will be, done. be done. What's some of that good for you? What are some of the fruits that you're seeing personally right now amidst some of these challenges? Yeah, for me, you know, the Lord has blessed me with a desire for a contemplative approach of living even my priesthood and my life even before I was a priest. And so actually not being able to get out and do all the things I'd love to do, because I enjoy being with people, uh, there's actually been more isolation, more silence, more, uh, you know, like celebrating Mass without a congregation. And there's a sacrifice in all of that. But what I can say is with that extra time of prayer has really enabled more time for me to turn to the Lord, to be with the Lord, rely upon him more, listen to him more, because I am the sort of guy that can get busy about many things. Mm. And even though I like to pray Martha, in the morning, Martha. I know I struggle <laughs> with the Mary Martha balance. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. I'm curious for you, Bishop. So you've been ordained, what, two and a half months? It's February 13th. February 13th. Yeah. So... Uh, one and a half. One and a half, excuse me. Yeah, one and a half. You've had a crazy first one and a half months. Yes. And I wonder about that identity. Has there has there been an immediate shift in the identity, embracing that as bishop? Uh, has it taken some practice? How has that come along? Oh, I'm a baby bishop, so lots of things I'm learning and uh, fumble and stumble on different things, like my little zucchetto falling off and what I'm supposed <laughs> to put my miter and crozier on. Minor details. Minor details. But what I can say is the Lord has really given me the grace for the duties that he's called me to in the vocation. So for preaching, for administration. Uh, in a sense, there's been a certain ease far beyond what I anticipated, and I realize it's the grace of God mm -hmm. in, the, in the experiences he's given me up to this point to prepare me. Mm-hmm. Praise God. If you're just tuning in to listen to Real Presence Live, I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm Emily Lita. And we're talking today with Bishop Donald DeGroote of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Um, just about his experiences of, of um, being a bishop in this time, just a month and a half in. And Bishop, you mentioned already we're approaching Holy Week. Uh, and, and for many, the vast majority of us listening right now, um, most of us will not be able to be present at the Holy Week liturgies. Just wonder if you could talk a little bit um, about Holy Week and about how we as families, um, with young children, old children, whatever it might be, just ourselves, how we can still celebrate in a meaningful way this, this holiest of weeks. Yeah, thanks be to God for uh, the technology we have today. So even the opportunity for communications we have by radio, TV, internet um, access. So there's been a lot of live streaming in parishes mm -hmm. and even through the cathedral here. Uh, so people participate in that way, uh, and they can, of course, have the spiritual communion as part of that, which uh, you had taught on us uh, not that long ago. So I think that's an important part. But if a spiritual perspective, I would say, is because of the isolation, the distancing, it's a great time to enter in more reflect reflectively as to where do we fit in that scripture passage. Mm. So when we're going through, for example, the crowd, when you know they're, they're, they're jeering at Jesus, and who are we there? Are we a bystander? Are we trying to figure this out? Are we afraid? Are we really with Jesus in that Garden of Gethsemane? Mm. So to pray into it and say, where are we at in this scripture passage? And let the Lord reveal that to us and what he wants to teach us as we read through the various parts of the Passion of Christ. Mm. And you released a beautiful video last week for young families. Any suggestions for those with young children, um, 
that are at home kind of trying to navigate this, that want to educate their children about these beautiful mysteries of the faith. Any recommendations for those young young families? Of course, the, the parents can enter themselves into those scripture places. How could we assist uh, children, even elementary and high school uh, children, to navigate some of these things? Yeah, I'm grateful for the resources that are already on the website that our staff have uh, developed and given some various ideas of things to do. I think one of the great ways to teach kids is, for example, when the Mass is going on, they could be uh, explaining. Now, here's what the priest is going to do and why mm-hmm. he's doing it. So even between the, mm-hmm. you know, inner, which is harder to do during Mass, of course, right? And even uh, less appropriate during Mass. But here's an opportunity for them to be able to teach what's going on and to ask them questions. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this? What does this scripture passage mean to you? So understanding the scriptures, uh, being very practical with, <clears throat> depending on the age of the kids, mm-hmm. uh, but really asking asking the kids questions to see their level of understanding and then providing resources that can help them through uh, the diocesan website or their parish websites and resources parishes or other institutions are providing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the climax of Holy Week, the climax of the whole liturgical year is the Triduum, the, the Sacred Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday morning. Um, again, most of us won't be able to be at Mass. And, you know, I think, frankly, probably some of our kids are, like, happy about that. Uh, <laughs> busted. Uh-huh. Not my children, I'll, I'll of course. How about Mr. Bergwald here? <laughs> Me? Keeping, keeping it real on um, Real Presence Live. So all these, all these liturgies, th- those particularly, can you speak to, again, not, well, how can we enter into them, but even what do they mean for you, even if we are there fully? Uh, this will end at some point. Next year, we'll be in our churches. What is this, the Triduum time like for you and therefore for us? Yeah, I think similar tying uh, to something you had mentioned earlier of how uh, atypical what the experience has been coming in as a bishop with this time. <clears throat> I think if we look at the scriptures, uh, the people were often surprised and things turned out very, very differently uh, than they expected. So even Jesus, right, in teaching, this is going to happen. He instructed them in advance. And then when it came, <clears throat> what happened? You know, Peter's saying, I'll be there, I'll be there, Lord, right? I will never deny you. And then what does he do? He right. denies them, right? <clears throat> so my point is God's filled with surprises. And I think we want to enter into this time with a certain sense of awe and wonder. And what is the Lord up to here? And I think even as I enter into this time and continue to reflect and pray, Lord, what, what are you doing here? In my own life, the lives of the dear people, you know we want to be back together. You know we want to receive Holy Eucharist. Uh, but I think literally that, that letting God surprise us and kind of opening our mind to the adventure that lies ahead, mm. which we don't know what it is. So a posture of receptivity, if you will, spiritually, like our hands open, Lord, what, what do yeah. you have for me? Rather than me trying to grab, seizing something. Yes, because we want what's familiar, what we like, what feels comfortable to us, totally understandably. And so often God challenges, even in the scripture today, he's challenging the Pharisees to think very differently than they had. And so so often, even with his disciples, they just don't get it, mm. right? I don't often get it, right? And like this, Lord, what's all going on here? Well, he's got something, so let's enter in the adventure with that open heart, open disposition, receptivity, and see what the Lord's going to surprise us with. Spiritual graces that we perhaps would never imagine. Mm. 
I'm so grateful that you're speaking about it in such a beautiful way of the Father's love. I think one of the questions, and we just have a few minutes left, a lot of people are wondering, is this God's punishment? Mm. Is is COVID-19 God's punishment for the ways that we have failed? Um, and perhaps we can't answer that question, but I'd love for you to just speak into it in light of that fatherly love and adventure that God is inviting us to uh, through that lens. Yeah, the Father's love, I think, is sometimes misunderstood is always something comfortable, easy, just what I want, right? You know, as parents and others, uh, disciplining kids is not always what they want, but God allows those things, and it's the best thing for them in some way. Um, We don't know God's intent, his plan in this. Could that be part of it? Possibly. We'll have to wait till we get to heaven or until the Lord chooses to reveal it to us. Uh, But I uh, I think one has to be cautious to not just assume that's what it is. One has to be cautious to not assume that that isn't part of it. Uh, But really, you know, we don't know. But what we can say is this is a time for a new awakening spiritually. That's my hope and prayer for me and for all of us. That what's God doing? Mm -hmm. And just let the Lord work in that. Mm Mm-hmm. I think one of the fruits that I've seen is that it's made me more aware of my attachments, mm. the things that I like to be comfortable with. Have you seen that play out? Are, are you kind of seeing that in the hearts of your, uh, in the hearts of the faithful and in yourself as well, and how Lenten that is? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, as I see it in the hearts of the people, so longing to be a communion, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to come with that's familiar, to be with people that they worship with every day and the ways that the that the being present enables to physically. So certainly there's a longing for that, I think, for, I suspect, all of us. I certainly can relate to to my own life, having left family and friends and my brother right. priests, and the Lord's been working beautiful things through that, hard, hard, but beautiful things. Uh, he's inviting me to just a closer relationship with Him, mm-hmm. and, and I hope that that can be part of our Lenten experiences. The Lord's drawing me closer to Himself. Mm-hmm. But you've got just less, a little less than a minute left. As we prepare to enter into Holy Week in these strange times, what message would you like to leave with our listeners? You know, I think the most important lesson would be to be filled with hope. I think of dear St. Therese of Lisieux. She had this incredible confidence in God's compassionate love. And if we can just enter into that and know that God loves us incredibly and that he's got a plan, he'll get us through our fears. He'll get us through discouragement and trying times that lie ahead. So my hope would be filled with hope. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Bishop, thank you so much for celebrating Mass for us all this morning and for um, taking some time out of the busy chaos right now to just yeah, be present to the people. It's a real gift. So thank you for taking time with us this morning. You're welcome. Up Thanks, next, it's a question that a lot of parents are asking right now. How do I talk to my children about COVID-19 and all that's happening in the world? We'll dive into this topic on the other side of the break. Stay with us as we have another great hour of Real Presence live to come. This is Emily Leadham. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. You're listening to Real Presence Live. We'll be back.